0: What's going on guys, it's Nick here, back with another video. Week six is already here, so we really need to be thinking about trading more. We know a lot about teams right now, and we have a pretty good idea of who the most valuable players are right now and who will be for the rest of the season. And since the majority of people watching these videos have really deep benches, that's something that you need to be taking advantage of Packaging those players with starters to get upgrades. So we'll go over nine individual players in two groups that we should be trading for today, this week. And it kind of depends on, like we went over last week, how good your team is. Remember, I have the free power rankings tool on the website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. Fill that out every week. Figure out how good your team is figure out what bucket you fall into, and that kind of gives you an indication of what types of players you should be trading for. So with that, let's go over our first group of players, which would be my top recommendations for teams that are closer to like win now mode. I would say that there's actually very few players this week. It's only gonna be two names out of the nine total. I believe it's nine total. Don't quote me on that, I guess. We'll see it in the video. Uh, but it's only two of the names that are more like longer term plays players who if you need to win this week you probably shouldn't trade for this week so this first list is kind of for everyone but i would say stick to the first list if you gotta win right now but those players are christian mccaffrey jamar chase travis Etienne, michael pittman jr ken walker and romeo dobbs and that's like roughly ordered by how difficult i think it would be to trade for them maybe you could switch around a little bit but i think that order is pretty good indication of like You know how hard they'll be to trade for right now. Obviously, McCaffrey, Jamar Chase, they're gonna cost you a lot to acquire them. There's no such thing as buying low on these two players and being like, wow, you know, I just traded Jacoby Myers for Christian McCaffrey. That's not happening. You're still gonna have to give up a ton. But I'm still very, very bullish on both of them long term. McCaffrey has the unknown i guess of the coaching change he's transitioning into pj walker at quarterback who knows who his quarterback's going to be every single week but let's be honest nothing could be worse than baker was and their play calling was putrid so there's no like there's no guarantee it's going to be better like he could still be just as bad and the panthers could still be really bad but there's no way it's going to be worse so I don't think there's a ton of risk in these changes if anything there is at least some hope that the play improves for the Panthers they have really just been like the definition of a dumpster fire this season and you know there's really just nowhere to go but up for McCaffrey's value there's also the like slight possibility I don't think it's going to happen but it at least remains possible that the Panthers trade McCaffrey. If they go into full tank mode, Uh, you know, it would just be smart for them. If they're doing a true rebuild to maybe not have like the one great player that can just win the game on their own and also be carrying his contract. If they want to go full tank, they want to rebuild. It doesn't make sense to be paying a running back a ton of money. Now, I don't really know. Uh, how many teams would, like, you know, give them a ton of draft capital given that they would need to acquire McCaffrey's contract? But there are absolutely Super Bowl contenders out there that would want him. And if, again, small percent chance, but if that happens and he goes to Super Bowl contender, I mean, he's by far the most valuable player in all of fantasy. And anyone who acquired him is like, oh, my goodness, my Super Bowl odds just doubled. So it remains, again, a small possibility but that at least increases value because... It is still possible. Then with Chase, I know he's been bad. Um, It's really just because defenses are taking away him because he's clearly their best player. And deep shots. And they're basically saying, okay, Cincy, can you run the ball? We're going to give you defensive coverages that are very clearly opening up holes for running backs. We are stopping the pass. We're stopping the deep passing. If you want us to stop doing this, run the ball. And since he's like, okay, we'll try, and then they fail every single game. So if they continue to be incapable of doing that, it's obviously going to hurt Chase because defenses aren't going to stop. Like they're not going to be like, oh, wow, you know, they're averaging like two yards per carry. Let's stop double teaming Chase. Let's stop taking away the deep pass. That makes no sense. They're going to continue stopping those things and letting them just be able to run it, but they just like, can't they can't figure out how to do that regardless at some point you have to think they still have a quality offensive line you have to think at some point they're gonna figure out how to run the ball so that'll help but then also chase still has a 28 percent target share on the season Uh he's one of the best prospects we've ever seen and he's been very inefficient with his targets so far like he's not going to continue averaging yards per reception all season his catch rate of 60 percent it's gonna rise like i think in week one we kind of saw his ceiling i mean that was a phenomenal game he's not gonna do that every week but we've seen his floor for a few straight weeks now and so it only takes one nuke from jamar chase for the people who have him to remember oh yeah he is capable of 10 for 150 and two touchdowns maybe i am actually you know okay with these 12 13 point performances if I have access to a 40 point ceiling well that's why we want to trade for him that's why he's a wide receiver one rest of season I mean I would be so happy if I had a deep team person who has chase is willing to trade him and I'd be like okay here's a great wide receiver two like a high-end wide receiver two and also Here's a running back, to to really help out your running back depth. If they're willing to go for a trade like that, again, you're not trading like Chase Edmonds and like some scrub wide receiver for Jamar Chase. It's not going to happen. But trade your like third best wide receiver. Maybe you've got a wide receiver using the flex. Maybe your wide receiver, two, Just to get that second wide receiver, one, trade a really good wide receiver, two, a really good running back, two, both of those together. It is possible, especially if the team needs some depth, has had injuries at running back, which many of teams have had right now, or just busts at running back, trying to find teams like that to have chase, trade for After those two, I think you take a step down into the trio of Etienne, Pittman, and Ken Walker. All three should be like, I would say, at least roughly equal difficulty in trading for, uh, and it is likely you're going to need like multiple quality players, like multiple start worthy players i don't think you can say oh here's two high-end bench players for any of these guys i don't think that's going to get done but maybe two play like if you have in like a two flex league, something like that or two players you've been consistently using in that flex spot for one of these players again two for ones are always better for the team getting the one player if you can do something like that for these two or these three actually uh, then i would definitely do that who exactly you go after kind of depends on i guess who you prefer but then also what do you need do you need running back do you need wide receiver what's your team look like what does their team look like my lean this week would be Pittman. i just think like not saying he's the most valuable long term just that i think it'll be easiest for you to get him compared to what his actual value is he went off in week one but then missed week two he's been capped at 72 receiving yards in weeks three four and five. Now we have Alec Pierce emerging as a reliable number two. And so people who have Pittman are absolutely panicking. Because I have heard plenty of people panicking about him, asking what they should do. But the Colts remain dead last at 13.8 points per game. That finish, like if they ended the season at that, would be the worst of any team since 2012. That is not going to hold they're a better offense than they've shown so far and I still view Pittman as a rock solid wide receiver too, every week and if anything like Pierce emerging you might think in your head that that's bad it's going to take target share maybe it takes some target share away number one Pittman's the one he's definitely better than Alec Pierce he's going to be more targeted don't think that there's going to be like a flip here that's not going to happen but also, it at least gives defenses something to fear and it at least gives, like, Matt Ryan another player that can get open so they can stop going three and out. It doesn't help Pittman if he's targeted twice on first and second down and then they punt the ball, right? Like, that doesn't help him. You want to stay on the field. You want to get into the red zone. You want to score a touchdown every once in a while. That's going to help Pittman. You've got Jonathan Taylor coming back. You've got Pierce emerging. Like, the offense is going to be better and that's going to help Pittman. also the colts have like a late season buy so again if you're in win now mode you don't want to maybe trade for someone who's got a buy this week or the next week you're like i need to win you know two of the next three matchups well he's got a late season buy you'll have him for the short term you'll have them for you know a good chunk of the season until you've got of course in the late season so if you need like a quality wide receiver you've been missing that piece i really think Pittman is a good person to go after this week after that, I think it would be Ken Walker instead of Etienne for me. I know it feels like you're trading at peak value for Walker because, I mean, you are this is the highest his value has been. But it's at least possible that your league mates don't know exactly how to value him, don't know how valuable he is. But remember, I mean, I recommended spending 100% of your remaining fab to get him if he was on free agency this week. We talked all summer about how certain players... On average, maybe they don't do fantastic. Maybe they don't outperform their ADP. Maybe you're not using them. But if things go their way, they're league winners. That's Ken Walker, and it just went his way. Like, Penny's done for the season. They're not using Travis Homer, DJ Dallas ahead of him. You're going to have Ken Walker as, I don't want to say a feature running back because he's not going to be like heavily targeted. But getting all this workload on the ground, a ton of goal line. He was the number one like running back prospect on the ground. Like I think Brees Hall, everyone kind of thought was the better overall prospect because Brees Hall was so much better in the receiving game. But in terms of pure running back talents, Ken Walker was number one. He's a phenomenal running back. He's gonna get, you know, 60, 70, at times 80% of the running back opportunities in a week. Like if you can get him for running back to value, I think that's his floor. This season. Like, I think, worst case scenario, rest of season, you're playing him every week as running back two. Best case scenario, he's a top 10 running back. And I don't think anyone's going to be asking top 10 running back value. So, if you can get him for running back two value, if that's his floor, that's a really, really good trade. Then, finally, as I said, Etienne. He's seen a snap percentage rise in four straight weeks. He has continued to be efficient while James Robinson has been one of the least efficient running backs in the NFL. He just set a season high of five targets this last week, and it's only really a matter of time before he starts taking more and more work from Robinson. Unless Robinson starts to be more efficient, there's no way Jacksonville can be looking at these two running backs, looking at these games and being like, yeah, it makes sense we're giving Robinson all these touches. Like He's been so bad besides like two or three plays this season but when etn gets the ball he looks explosive and he's been really good i think you'll be able to play him as a running back to rest of season maybe in the very 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 short term in the next two weeks he's more of a flex but i think that's totally fine if you're trading you're like nick i'm in win now mode i can't think rest of season i still think you can start etn for the rest of the season and if you can survive the next few weeks, I think his value just slowly grows a little bit more and more every week. And I don't think he's gonna cost you that much because like he's had a few dud games. He hasn't scored yet. Like people haven't seen it yet, but it's coming. So if you can get him pretty cheap, I think running back two is what he's gonna be valued at rest of the season. The final buy low, if you're struggling right now, is Romeo Dubs. Um I think that he's by far the Easiest to acquire among all the players I'll mention in this video, but the upside is still absolutely elite. He's coming off a three for 29 dud in London, but he's played at least 86% of the snaps in three straight weeks. He has a 17% target share on the season. All he needs to do really is gets like 20-21% target shares. So that's like, you know, three, four percent more targets. He does that and he's like in every week start i'm not 100 convinced i kind of talked about last week i was like if he has another good game he's in like the 20 percent for target share we're gonna be starting him every week that didn't happen but i think he can get there and i think people are gonna like i don't know i think they're gonna be like oh man i should have traded him after the two good games i missed the top and then they're gonna see an offer and they're gonna be like okay i'll do it because they're gonna again feel like they missed the top Look at that dud game. That was probably one of the first times they were actually starting him because, you know, no one started him in that first good game. Maybe they contemplated it in the next week against the Patriots, but maybe they saw two good weeks. and They're like, yes, now we can start dubs. And then he does nothing. And they're like, wow, this is just annoying to roster, easier to trade for him. So I think that, like, at worst, he's a flex value moving forward. But I think the most likely outcome is that he's like a – you know, mid to low end wide receiver two, someone that you can just throw into wide receiver two. He's going to have some weeks that are lower floor, but you know, he could be the number one wide receiver on the Packers. He's still a rookie. Rookies break out in the second half of the season. There's a lot of upside here, and I don't think people are going to value him that high. So if you can package, you know, two just like quality players for him, I would definitely do that. For those of you who have been doing well. So ideally, you do the power rankings tool, you're in that like top three or four, and you've got a good record, you can afford to maybe take some chances. I would definitely go after Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift. Taylor has been like the model of health through his football career. That doesn't mean he can't get hurt. That doesn't mean he can't have this ankle injury linger all season. Football is a dangerous sport. Running back is, you know, the most dangerous position It's the one most likely to get injured. But. It seems like the most likely outcome is that he returns from this injury. He goes back to being his old self, and people wonder why they ever gave away Jonathan Taylor. I know it's been a slow start, but guess what? He he did that last season, too. I mean, he had zero touchdowns and zero games over 64 rushing yards through three weeks last year. He was running back 29 over that time, and people were not happy that they drafted him. Then he scored a touchdown. In 11 straight games, averaged 5.9 yards per carry, 122 rushing yards per game, and was running back one by 59 points in that 11-game stretch after week three. He's an absolute monster, and he's just been getting a little bit unlucky to start the season. But just like we talked about with Eckler two weeks ago, fantasy is very touchdown-reliant. You can have a great workload. You can be getting the exact volume we thought we would see. That's what we saw with Eckler. We're like, listen, nothing is different. I know he's not producing in fantasy, but nothing is different from what we expected. It's only the touchdowns, which are random trade for him. It's the same thing with Jonathan Taylor. He's seeing a great workload. We know he's fantastic. He's just going to come back from this injury and score touchdowns. So if you have any ability to trade for him, absolutely do that. And it's the same thing with DeAndre Swift. He should be returning after their bye this week. But it's certainly possible that the team that has him is in win now mode, right? He gets injured one week. He's out the next week. He's on bye this week. Like maybe someone who invested heavily in him is like not doing so hot because it's also kind of a part of the draft where maybe they paired him with Najee Harris. And it's like, oh, no, if that kind of happened. So if that's the case, they need to win now. Use that to your advantage. It's not going to be easy trading for Swift, obviously. But if you're able to. You're locking up an explosive running back one on the team with, like, the worst defense in football. And also, think about this Lions offense. Like, yeah, they're going to be the worst defense in football. They're probably going to allow, like, 35 points per game. So, they're always going to have to play aggressive. They're going to get Moner, St. Brown back healthy. They're going to get Jamison Williams back relatively soon. DeAndre Swift back. I mean... They're going to be amongst the league leaders in points per game. Don't look back to last week and be like, oh, no, they scored zero points. This Lions offense is like a dud. They're a fluke. They're frauds. Absolutely not. It's such a good offense, such a high ceiling. You'll want DeAndre Swift this season. The final thing I'll say with this one is that we need to understand that every year is different, right? What is unique about this season? How do you win this year? This season, the best rosters are going to have the top three quarterbacks or the top two tight ends. Hopefully, both. Kind of hard to have both, but if you can get both, oh my goodness, the ceiling is insane. But those are going to be the best teams. That's just how it is this season. There's not a whole lot you can do. If you put together a great roster, your quarterback score is 20, you're like, hey, you know, I streamed a 20 point quarterback. And then Josh Allen drops 40 on you, Kelsey has four touchdowns. And you're like, well, I picked up the tight end on free agency that scored a touchdown, but I still lost that position by 20. It's difficult to kind of overcome those differences. That's why we were kind of in on some of these high-end tight ends. We were like, try and leave your draft with a high-end tight end because if you can hit on that position, it's a wasteland behind that. That's what we're seeing with Kelsey Andrews. That's what we're seeing with Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson. There's a cliff after those five players, like among those positions, obviously, and those five all rank inside the top 20 in my rest of season rankings. You should be doing everything in your power to just like acquire one, hopefully two of those players. Again, that's asking a lot, but I know it sounds like impossible and maybe it is for some of you maybe some of you look at this and you're like no it, we've already you know been told by the people who have them they're not trading this season but i bring up these five for two reasons first off some of you have asked about trades that involve one of these players maybe it's like josh allen trading them away for like two really good players that will just like be depth for you i just want to reiterate that these five allen hurts lamar kelsey andrews are true difference makers this season and should not be traded away unless someone is giving you like two running back ones don't trade these players away they're really big difference makers you can figure out everything else but second because of number one if i'm getting all these questions should i trade this person away should i sell high on travis kelsey Well, if I'm getting a ton of those questions, that means there are people who are willing to trade them away. So, it might be difficult, but I highly recommend at least seeing. Text the person who has them, message them in your chat. Like, do something to see are they available to be traded for. And if it's possible, do everything in your power to gain that massive edge and get a deal done for what are the five true difference makers this season so you can see my full rest season rankings on my website theoffensefootballvice.com and the week six rankings are up as well for those of you who have not looked yet i'll be back tomorrow with running back starts and sets friday with wide receiver starts and sets and then saturday to go over my favorite plays this week with that my friends isn't it this one hope you all did enjoy if you did how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here thanks for watching